Hello and welcome to the 108 podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Raquel. And we are the Type 1 Together Girls. We are stripping down life with type 1 diabetes from two people who live different versions of it every single day. Please remember Type 1 Together does not give medical... I cannot talk today. We don't give medical <laughs> advice. Sorry, guys. And we are only sharing from personal experience. Um, you guys, this is how this is how you know that we still have not pre-recorded our intro, okay? <laughs> we say it in the moment and it's just one of those days. I just had my coffee, so I'm just I'm on it. But we're really excited today. We are so thankful for Transcend Glucose Gels for supporting our show. If you need to raise a lot low blood sugar fast, Transcend gels and shots contain 15 grams of pure glucose to raise blood sugar quickly. The best part, thanks to durable packaging and shelf stability, you'll be stashing them everywhere in your pocket, glove box, backpack, and have peace of mind for those super scary lows. Plus, our easy-to-use products taste great and provide a precisely formulated alternative to sugary sodas, candies, and juices. They're on a mission to make living with diabetes easier, and that means raising your lows on the go conveniently at any time and any place. Okay, you guys. So I have not used or I had not used Transcend Gels before, and we recently started using them. And I was curious to see what my four-year-old was going to think about them because, you know, like gel texture, a kid. Well, they are so delicious, and the top is so easy to open. And my little four-year-old who has had diabetes for over two years now is so sick of all of her old low snacks. And so she was beyond thrilled to try something new. She could open the top by herself with her little fingers and she slurped that down and went, mom, this is delicious. And the best part is, I swear you guys, I have never seen a low halt so quickly and get her right back into range. So for those truly scary lows, the ones where they're dropping fast, they won't slow down, and they still have a unit or two of insulin on board, this Transcend Gel is where it's at. Yeah, I agree. The three things that I really look for in a low snack, number one, it's not super loud, like especially if I'm in a workout class or something like that. I hate when it's really noisy. I don't like when granola bars and things like that get so messy. Like even if I keep something in my bag for a while, they'll end up crumbling or when I open it, it's all over the place and these are just so clean and easy to use. And then something that's lightweight, right? Like I already carry around so much stuff for type one and these are super light. They have different flavors. They're delicious and just easy to use. So they were so kind and gave us a huge discount code. You can use code type one together for 25% off of Transcend Gels through their website. And we'll make sure to link that in our show notes. All right. Okay. So today's episode of the 108 podcast is a very special one. We have an amazing type one mama on. Her name is Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hello. Welcome. And we are going to be talking about Diabetes Camp and her experience sending her son, Charlie, to Diabetes Camp, Camp Sweeney. So let's get into it because I know that so much of our um, our audience is curious about summer camps and, you know, like there's just our audience consists of parents with kids and kids who want to feel normal and go do normal things and parents who are terrified of letting them go do normal things because yeah. of their diabetes. So we have 
lots of questions, but before we jump into it, Jordan, we would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your son, Charlie, and when he was diagnosed. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Jordan Amos. I live in Houston, Texas. I'm married. My husband and I actually met when we were 14 years old, which is um, younger than Charlie is right now, which is crazy to think about. Um, We've been married for 20 years. We've got uh, two boys. Charlie is 15 and our other son, Tommy, is 12. So just to give you guys a little bit of background, Charlie was our first baby had a wonderful, healthy, happy pregnancy, um, no complications, had a natural childbirth uh, with him. He was always just a very happy baby. And then when he was 10 months old, daycare called and said, I think you need to come pick Charlie up. He always wants to play. And today he just doesn't want to play. So they'd never asked me to come get him before. So you know, I kind of looked at one of my coworkers. I was like, that's so weird. You know, but I left work, went to go pick him up, took him straight to the pediatrician. They checked him over. They couldn't find anything wrong, but they said, you know, he clearly doesn't feel good. Just kind of keep an eye on him and we'll see what happens, you know, kind of over the next few days. So I brought him home and he just was, he was lethargic and just cranky and couldn't, you know, you could tell he was kind of tired, but couldn't go to sleep. So Finally got him to sleep like maybe about an hour before he normally goes down. And I remember my husband and I looking at the baby monitor and we were like, God, his diaper is so full. Mm. But he had just fallen asleep. So it was like, do we go in and wake him up to change it? And we were like, no, we're just going to we're going to let him sleep. And then next time he wakes up, we'll get him. So we went to bed and and he had just started sleeping through the night. So the next morning, he he was our alarm clock and he didn't wake up. So I woke up and was like, why haven't I heard from Charlie? I ran in there. His eyes were slits and he was he was gasping for breath. And I grabbed him. I was still nursing at the time. Like I was like, is he hungry? Is he like, what is what is happening? Like he wouldn't latch on. So I threw him back in the car, went back to the pediatrician called on my way and said, y'all have to see him as soon as I walk in the door, something is really wrong. And I walked in the door and they took one look at him, grabbed him out of my arms, ran to the back, called an ambulance, had all the pediatricians and the office come like his, he was, he was starting to crash. So they threw us in the back of an ambulance, took us to Texas Children's and the med center in Houston. And within an hour, they came out and told me that he had uh, type one diabetes. They didn't know what kind of conversations we're going to be having that he was in um, a diabetic coma. His blood sugar was 876. And they weren't sure if he was going to pull out. And at this point, just Brian and I, our heads were swimming, going like, what else could it be? <laughs> Looking back, we're like, it was nothing else with a blood sugar of 876. But we didn't, we didn't know anything about type 1 diabetes. There was no history in our family. We didn't know the signs. We didn't mm-hmm. know that a baby could develop type 1 diabetes. So they did a CAT scan to check for brain damage. And um, he actually spent nine days in the PICU. 
because they just hadn't had a lot of babies that little and with blood sugar that high come through at that point that had had them since. But at that point, it was um, pretty, really rare. And so one of the big problems they had to kind of figure out was like, how, how much insulin do we give this baby? And how do we send him home? <laughs> Yeah. With, with these parents. Um, and it turned out it, it was, he needed such a tiny amount of insulin. His insulin sensitivity factor was one to 600. Um, and, and they couldn't even draw in a syringe what he needed in a shot. So mm. actually we had to dilute insulin. So we had a bottle of insulin and a bottle of um, dilutant and you had to mix them into a separate bottle so that we could give him diluted insulin. And at the, that time, they just said, we're just, we have to ride him high because it's, you can't force a baby to eat. You can't, you know, force a baby um, to drink. And they just were really scared of the lows. And, um, you know, we were still introducing foods. Again, you know, one of the questions I asked was, well, how do I count carbs for breast milk? And they were like, we don't know, you know, so we had to figure out some of these things together. We had this um, system of, you know, I would take the food that I was going to give them, put it on a plate, weigh it, and then give it to him. And then we would see what was in the bib, what was on the high chair, what was on the floor, take everything out, weigh it again to see what he actually ate. And then that's how we would dose them. And so really quickly, they ended up putting him on a pump. So he went on a pump um, within a month. Of- oh my gosh, that's amazing. He was he was one of the first babies at Texas Children's to go on a pump. So before his first birthday, he was on a pump um, and it could dose at 0.05. So that was like a huge, huge game changer for us. And this was in 2009. And then in 2011 is when he went on the first version of Dexcom. And then again, that was like another game changer for us. But it definitely shook our world. Um, you know, his daycare wouldn't take him anymore um, because they were like, we can't give shots to a baby. We're too scared to take care of him. So I took a leave of absence for work, but we just kind of figured out like, what, you know, are we going to do? Who's going to take care of them? Is there, a, you know, a school that will? And and so we had some, some you know, time to kind of, you know, figure that out. I was able to go back part-time and and find a um, daycare that would, that would take them a couple days a week. And by wearing the pump, it made things a lot easier where they weren't, you know, actually having to give them the shot. But um, lots of finger pricks, you know, by the time he was two, his fingers had been pricked, you know thousands of times in the middle of the night <laughs> we were like he just started sleeping through the middle of the night like mm-hmm. having to get up in the middle of the night to prick his finger we were like we just how are we going to do this for the rest of our lives so um it's just we're really grateful for all the technology changes and updates that have happened the last 14 years um mm-hmm. and and i'll just never forget you know not having not, not knowing not having a place for him to go where we felt safe. So very early on, it was kind of looking at like, are there any diabetes camps? Are there things that we can kind of get into? And, and there was for us a, a day camp in Houston in the summer. That was kind of our first, when he was four, that he was able to go to. That was great. I, I might be jumping ahead. So maybe I'll just well, stop right there with, 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 that was our diagnosis story. <laughs> I don't think I've ever talked to someone who actually had a child who went into a coma like I'm just 
I didn't realize that your story started there. And thank you for sharing. Like, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, that's that. going to. Such a little baby. Yeah, that's going to resonate with. Um, there's definitely a small, small portion of our listeners who have also experienced that because with babies specifically, it's like they're okay until they're not. And then yeah. they're not okay in a matter of like 10 to 12 hours. His A1C was 7.5 at diagnosis. Yes. You know? So, I mean, yes. it, was, it hadn't even, I mean, you've only been alive for 10 months. Like, yes. it, yeah. it was sudden onset. And, you know, we have pictures of him from two or three days before laughing, smiling, still chunky, you know? Um, yep. So, it just, you know, you don't get those typical signs until like right before. Yes, and that's he did have the fruity breath in the in, in the hospital, and, and that yeah. was funny. I didn't even know that was a sign until later, and I was like, "That's what that smell was," you know. Yeah. But I didn't know. It's so so crazy. I was definitely getting emotional listening to you tell that story. So yes, thank you for being so open and vulnerable. Sure. You tell it with a lot of happiness and joy in the background though, which I think I just want to like bring attention to for our listeners that if you're really having a hard time right now, you too will get to this point where life is just so good. Like your energy is infectious, Jordan. I love it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Should we get into some questions about camp? Yeah. So let's just jump into it. What camp did Charlie go to? I know he went to the day camp first in Houston. Um, yeah. But at what point did you start sending him to a overnight camp? And tell okay, us about so, it. So he went to he went to a day camp first for a few summers of of just to kind of get you you know. I, and I remember like to all the mamas out there, just it was the first time for an extended amount of time he was going to be out of my you know um, control. And just remember being like, okay, they 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 know more than I do. They know more than I do. <laughs> Here's my baby, you know. Like, <laughs> hours like <laughs> um and and he loved it and he loved being with other kids that you know had diabetes that was just you know huge for him to see all these other kids having their fingers pricked and all these other kids wearing pumps and so after that we decided when he was eight that we wanted to try an overnight camp and there was one in texas um texas lines camp which is fabulous it's free Um, And it was just for a week. So we said, all right, we're going to dip our toes because we knew about Camp Sweeney. But we just, we weren't quite ready for that. So I'll get to that in in a minute. But we wanted just to see how he kind of handled being away from us for a week because that had never happened either. You know, uh, we'd had like one, two, three nights, you know, where we have amazing parents that were willing to stay. But we knew that was really scary for them. So again, we he went to this camp for a week, and and he 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 really liked it. So then the next summer, the summer that he turned nine, because he has a summer birthday, we signed him up for Camp Sweeney, and we talked about it and said it's a three week camp. Um, the reason why it's three weeks is because they really like they they are building a community there. Um, they want you to feel at home there, and. They had done lots of studies on that is a the time that's enough time for really to build strong bonds, and so we we packed him up and we drove him to North Texas, and it was really hard 
to leave him. I was crying. My husband was crying. Charlie was crying. You know, <laughs> Tommy, our little one at the time was like, what is, what is happening here? Um, you know, but the counselors were so amazing. And I still am in contact with like his big brother from that first year. They were like, he's going to be okay. You know, like we've got him. He's safe here. And it is going to be so much fun. So, so we left and, and just said, okay, we'll see you. We'll see you in, in three weeks. So what they, the, the way that they do this, they make it great for parents is one, they can wear their technology, but you don't get to see the numbers. Oh, that was what one of our questions. Yes. Yeah. And good for you. These parents need an actual break. You need a break. You need yeah. a break from it. And so he, you know, and, and this was six, this was six years ago. So, um, you know, it was, this is before kind of the, you know, closed loop systems. This is before the artificial pancreases. This is where you had a pump and, you know, and you had a Dexcom and they didn't, and they didn't talk. So we, they, you know, they turned it off. It was the first time ever since diagnosis. I didn't know what his number was. I slept peaceful through the night, probably for the first time in, you know, eight or nine years of knowing like he is at, he's safer there than he is with me. He's got a whole entire medical staff. He has got a, you know, he's got the, the, the whole camp are either type one kids or siblings of type one kids. So every, you know, they were people that recognized the lows. The counselors are specifically trained. A lot of them are med school students or wanting to do pre-med. So, so, so that, that was a big, that was a big adjustment, but, but it was really great for us just to have that time to recharge, to have that time. We sent little brother off to stay with um, the grandparents for a few days. And, you know, so now, you know, Brian, I try to kind of, you know, do a trip, just the two of us while, while Charlie's at camp, which is, which has been great. They also, Camp Sweeney is amazing because they, they do recognize like parents want to see what's going on, you know? And so they take tons of pictures. They've got an app, um, where you can, where they're loading pictures every single day by cabin. So you can kind of go in and, you know, you see the pictures of your kid. They make sure every kid's in there. Every night they do kind of a flag lowering ceremony. So like you can live stream, watch them lo lower the flag. They do like, they call it like medical question of the day where they ask some questions and the kids win prizes and it's all about diabetes. Um, so they, they slip a little education in there too. And then they have a Condition for like which cabin has the cleanest room and they're kind of the winner for the day or whatever. Um, so it's it's really 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 great because you do get to see and then you're allowed to email the kids. The kids can write you. You can email the counselors. You know we got we got letters in the mail from Charlie. We got letters in the mail from the counselor where they said you know he was he was nervous after you left, but like I can promise you he is having the best time. So. They have different activities signed up. So every, they have outdoor activities, indoor activities. They've got, I mean, Charlie, the first, he did lacrosse. He did, um, they have like a skateboarding or you can bring your scooter. Uh, 
scooter. He did, they have baseball, they have basketball, they have like a CrossFit class. Then they have like a video production class. They have a, they have a Camp Sweeney radio. So like you can tune in and listen to the kids <laughs> on the radio and they, you know, kind of call each other, you know, from the different classes and request songs and shout out to so-and-so and this cabin and, they're swimming. There's a lake. I mean, it is. It is like a. It, it, it is a full service camp that has got an arts and crafts and, you know, just anything that you could possibly imagine. They have an airplane that flies over and drops sugar free gum like on the ground. It's like it is wow. so much fun. And so this is just as for, for the first time, parent. You know, like seeing the classes he was taking seeing the smiling pictures they have a band like it's called the Sweeney Five and the the Sweeney Five comes and does like they do like a big campfire and they have a live band that plays and they have camp songs that they sing together and I swear if you are under 10 years old you are riding on somebody's shoulders like all the time like so I would just look up and see like Charlie you know going by on somebody's shoulders you know the older kids mentor the little kids they have like a big brother system or a big sister system um, where they've got type one kids that older ones that are mentoring the little ones that they've got like a you know kind of a buddy they all exchange information so now that they're older they you know, he's got text change with his camp friends and they keep in touch and check in on each other. Um, how many, how many kids get to go to camp or how many kids are at Camp Sweeney at one time? Let's see. How many kids are there? So they have, they have eight cabins um, and four girl cabins, four boy cabins. And it's kind of like, is that right? It's a four, I think it's four cabins. And there's probably about 30 kids per cabin. So maybe like 250 kids. Yeah. There's three sessions throughout the summer. That's um, oh. now it's about 19 days. And when we picked Charlie up that first time, I mean, I was like running to him, you know, and he just said, because mom. <laughs> Oh, the words out of his mouth. And I mean, like, talk about boohoo. Like, he cried leaving camp. I mean, he was just so, just can't wait, can't wait, can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back. And they do these, like, it's it's so awesome. And some of the um, kind of bigger markets in Texas, they do, they're called PFC get togethers. And it's kids from that location get together a few times a year, you know, at somebody's home in that city to kind of reconnect, you know, a few counselors come. So you've got the counselors and you've got kids and they really try to build those connections throughout the year. So it's not just like you go once and, you know, you don't ever talk to those people ever again. Like his big brother that he had for, you know, he had the same big brother for like three or four years until he aged out, you know, like they still were able to text and that's so cool. um, It is, it is so awesome. I mean, it, it really is. What are the age ranges? Like what's the youngest kid at camp and the oldest five and they have got five-year-olds that go, you know, like Charlie was nine when we went, um, one of our good buddies in Houston, um, is six and he went this past summer, loved it so much. 
it was, but we've met each other kind of through JDRF and they had, we just gotten back from camp and we were at a JDRF event and Charlie goes, oh my gosh, I know him. He, he was at camp with me. And so then I was like, you know, went to go kind of talk to the mom and, and her, so her son was six, had the best time. So it starts at six and they've got a cabin that's like really kind of like for the little kids, like elementary age kids. And then it's kind of like the middle school cabin and then they've got two high school cabins and it goes until you can, you can be a full-time camper until summer after your senior year. And then after your senior year, you have to take a year off before you can apply to come back as a counselor. So like that's the other, one of the other things that I love about it is that they're not aged out early. You know, they, get to be a part of it until they're, until they graduate from high school. And yeah, it has got, it it is the, it is the best community. Like they, they, they pour themselves into the camp director. I mean, it truly is like, I mean, it is his, he's a pediatrician in Dallas. He runs this camp. It is his, I, I mean, he is, he is an angel. Like, like. I regret he, not going so much. <laughs> my mom tried to get me to go. A lot of, you know, I'm from Dallas and a lot of people in Texas go. And I was like, I don't want to go to a sleepaway camp. So I'm sorry, mom. I should have listened to you. But, uh, I know <laughs> no, she's listening. Like, I, was, I was like a two. I really didn't want to go to sleepaway camps. But like, I, and so like, I totally can, I, I, I feel that, you know, for, for kids yeah. that say they don't want to go. And what I had told Charlie was we're going to go one time. We're going to go one time and just see and then and then we'll talk about if we do it again but after that first year he was like can I go for two sessions and there are kids that can go you know some go for the whole summer and some go for two sessions some go for one session but I mean he calls it like he goes I can't wait to go home to Camp Sweeney like oh my gosh that's so sweet and people go just so everyone knows from all over the country there's some families that I've worked with here in LA that honestly the kids we're kind of the kids that didn't want to talk to other diabetics, didn't want to be involved. And they sent their daughter last year or I think the year before. And now she is obsessed. And I think that just says so much about the camp because, yes, they do infuse education in it, but it's not like diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. It's really just hanging out with friends who happen to have diabetes. You don't have to worry about people not understanding or about going low and all those things. You just get to truly be a kid. That's so yeah. special. Yeah. They- Did you know – Go ahead. Did you did you notice um, Charlie's attitude change at all towards diabetes after going to Sweeney? It's hard with him because because he has always had it. You know, he really does not know life any other way. It just it is what it is. You know, like he just he's always had a pump. He's always had a Dexcom. You know, it's he's always had to do finger pricks, and so he never really resented having diabetes. He always liked going look to get the sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had like some of those problems where like, no, you can't, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> keep on, keep on eating those low snacks. So, but what I think has been great for him is connecting with other type ones. And like when he was in elementary school, 
you know, I mean, everybody knew him. Everybody knew that he had type one diabetes, you know, so like it wasn't a self-conscious thing, but like, especially as he's moved, you know, it kind of into middle school and elementary schools combined and then into high school. I mean, you're a teenage boy. You don't want to be different from anybody else, you know? So I think like having this camp and this group texts that he's on and these get togethers, like he he loves it. He is so excited. Um, we're actually hosting the one that's this weekend at our house. And he, like, he can't wait. He's like, I'm so excited for my camp friends to come. You know, they're just so excited to see each other. And so I think it just, it's giving that, like, it's giving you a community and so that you don't feel alone, that like, you're not the only person. Cause I know a lot of these kids, like they're the only ones at their school that have diabetes or they're the only ones in their family that have diabetes or they're the only ones that have, you know, whatever it is. And here you, you're just, they normalize it. So like, even when they do like, you know, finger pricks or something like that, cause a lot of kids tend to go off all technology when they're there because they can, you know, um, and, and they will do whatever, the kid and the parents want to do like if they want to go no technology you can go no technology if you want to wear everything that you normally wear you can wear everything that you normally wear but they call it like they call it their flight pattern and they all line up you know and it's like one down you know everybody gets your finger pricked at the same time and even if you're a sibling you get your finger pricked you know like like it is everyone is treated the same there so it just is you're just you know, you're, you're, you're with your people. <laughs> so cool. As you're explaining all this, I'm pretty sure my type one diabetic is going to want to do something like this. She is very like explorative and eager oh. to make new friends and stuff. So I can, yeah, I can see us doing this for sure. And the one thing that I stress slightly about is if there is an emergency, a diabetes medical emergency, what does that look like? Has that ever happened to Charlie? And what, what did that look like for you guys? So it has, it has not happened to Charlie. They, but they are a fully staffed med staff, you know, um, camp where they do finger pricks at night. Like they check, like, like they keep logs of, every single and and you get those logs back so like you see all the dosing all the blood sugar you know checks you see if they went low what they were given you know and they'll make like slight adjustments and things like that because I mean it's hot it's Texas like it's 100 degrees plus you know when they're outside there's so much activity going on you know there's you know these campfires there's the band there's the hikes there's you know, all the outdoor activities. So like they keep such an eye on these kids. Now, I mean, kids get sick, you know? So like Charlie in, in the six years that he's minus, minus COVID, um, where they did online camp. So even then, you know, he got to get online with, um, some, some, um, friends, only one time did he go to like the infirmary and it was for, he had like was running a fever. And so they kind of keep them there until kind of it's passed and then they go and join. I do have, I know of a couple of instances where like, you know, um, I think it, if, if they have any, if there are anything that is, they don't feel comfortable about or just to be precautionary, they will take, you know, kind of to, a hospital and so that did happen for one for one family that we knew but like the kid was like 
he was there for two days. And then he was like, I want to go back to camp. I want to go back to camp, you know? And so the parents were like, okay, you're going back to camp, you know, like, and it just was, I can't even remember what it was. I don't know. I don't think it was a blood. I don't even think it was a diabetes thing. I think it just was either a sick or a precautionary or an arm or something. You know, I can't even remember if it was like hurt his arm or something, but whatever it was, he was like in the hospital for two days. And then he was back at camp. I mean, like the kids hate to miss it, but they are, I, 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 he, I know he's safer and in their care than they are, than he is in my care. Yeah. I mean, it is round the clock care. And they were so, even during COVID, like the first year that they came back, they were so strict, like on, you know, not making, you know, just making sure that they didn't have any outbreaks and they didn't, you know, like if somebody tested, you know, they, 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 I mean, they did wear masks for a certain amount of, amount of time, like when they were in big group situations or, you know, crowded situations. And then after like a couple of days or whatever the time was, you know, and they felt like, and they did rounds of tests there, then they were like, you know, able, able to go on with camp. So like we never had anything canceled. So it's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I do understand that like, where, like, you know, we, they're, they're all trained, but it's like, you're the expert in your kid, which yeah. I think is something that it's like, even when you go and you see your endo or you, you know, talk to the school nurse, it's like, I know you, you know, diabetes, I know, you know, the clinical side, but like, I know the Charlie side, you know, I know when he starts acting like this, you know, that that means, you know, his blood sugar started to drop fast. Or I know that, you know, sometimes he needs, you know, 40 carbs to bring his blood sugar up, not 15, you know. So I, I definitely can relate to that feeling of like, oh, I know you're the diabetes expert, but I'm the Charlie expert. <laughs> yeah, I will say I, so we've been partnering a little bit with Camp Sweeney to help get the word out about this camp and other camps. But what's really special about Sweeney is that when I spoke to their team, they made it really clear they're not just bringing on counselors that happen to have diabetes, which yes, we know a lot, but these are actual mm-hmm. med staff, like you said, um, who are training to do something in the medical field yeah. and they do training for them. So if anyone has access to our type one babysitter list, we now have quite a few sitters who are also Camp Sweeney counselors, and a lot of them don't have type 1 themselves, but it has listed that they are counselors at Sweeney, and they have been trained, I think, like pretty extensively in this. (laughs) So just, yeah, they're not just taking anyone, that's for sure, which is special. I'm curious about, like, I think a lot of parents are also nervous about their control, right? Like, they keep their kids in a really tight control, and I just want to share with parents how impactful I think it can be for you to loosen up a bit let your kids go to this camp because personally like what completely changed my whole mindset around diabetes was surrounding myself with people who understand and that that makes me not feel burnt out and that makes me feel actually more equipped to take care of myself yeah so I think there can be a lot of benefit there but I am curious how they handle like your personal range so this is I love I love the story so Charlie, like, is definitely a, like, like he's a tech, you know, like when he was little, he's like, just got that little engineer mind. Like when he was little, you know, instead of like driving the car, he'd turn the car upside down to kind of see how things worked or whatever. So like, way, like super interested in his pump all the time. I mean, we used to have to buy 
like feeded pajamas, cut the feet off, turn the pajamas on backwards and zip them up from the back so that he could not like get to the pump. While oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> funny. Sleeping. Okay. So like, because, you know, it was a button and it was an electronic and it was cool and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so like he started dosing like with adult supervision, like, you know, pretty early. But one thing that he never wanted to do was give a correction shot. His first summer back, I mean, I have a picture where I was like, Charlie, you're high. I think we're, you know, we're going to need to do a shot. And he goes, I can do it myself. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I, he, he drew the, they, they taught him how, like he drew the insulin. He did everything. And I have this picture of him, you know, like giving himself the shot, like, you know, look at me, I can do it. And so they do like, they, they celebrate those victories at camp. Like anytime it's your first time to do something, like they make a big deal about it. And so like this flag lowering um, ceremony each night, what they have a thing called the first timers club. So they call out some of the first timers and it's their first time to give themselves a shot. It's their first time to do a pod change. It's their first time to change decks. And so I think, you know, one of, again, like when you're seeing people like, oh, hey, they give themselves a shot. Well, I can give myself a shot. You know, they're, they're wearing their sight, you know, on their belly. Maybe I can try my belly, you know, like just little things like that, where you kind of, they're, they, they're not, it's a safe environment to explore. So I think that's been just hugely beneficial for him too. Of we just recently switched pumps because he's a swimmer and, you know, he's always had a tube, you know, pump always, always, always like since, you know, his first pump was an animus and that's what he liked. And he liked being able to disconnect. Well, now he's in high school, he's on the high school swim team and water polo team and the disconnecting, you know, for hours at a time, just, you know, we're like, we got to go to Omnipad, you know, we got to have something on us, you know, all the time. But again, like, because he'd seen everybody at camp, you know, with, I was like, okay, that's no big deal. Like, you know, someone has got an Omnipod and blah, 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 blah. And it just was, it was a seamless change. So I think some of the peer pressure, <laughs> in a good way is really good at camp. It's so awesome. It almost to me kind of so before I like dive into that idea, I do want to preface this with like I think that sometimes for a lot of us parents who have children who are diagnosed so young or even not at all, but like being the parent this disease is so out of your control and getting the disease is so out of your control that you're desperate to find control. And you can find control by like being in charge of the food and dosages and getting those ranges super narrow and that time and range super high and that A1C super low. And then you can be like, whew, I've I've got power again. I I took it back. I took my life back, right? But it almost feels like with this camp and with that story you just explained, if you're weighing like okay, three weeks of camp, their time and range might drop five to 10%, mm-hmm. but their experience, their joy, their happiness, their willingness to try something new, their, their just like emotional cup has been filled. That is going to outweigh a yes. three-week period where their time and range drops a little bit and you can get it back yeah. when they get back home. Absolutely. And they do. And and, and I I think I'm correct in saying here, like, you know, I I think they track as well, you know, like percent and range and they're tracking kids even, even later on checking in like later on with like A1Cs and stuff like that. And I mean, I think there are the studies that show if you go 
you know, to camps like these and like long term, you know, you have been, you know, you're conditioned to take care of yourself and learning how important it is. And um, so that kind of you have as you become a teen or as you start driving, like, or as you go to, off to college or become an adult, you know, like you have you've got somebody else besides your parents telling you this is why you need to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, these, I mean, these counselors, like they, I, I just, I cannot speak highly enough of, of them. I mean, they pour their hearts and souls into these kids, cheering them on, you know, they get letters from them throughout the year of, you know, just, Hey, thinking about how much fun we had. Like, so it is, they, they just, they all work to empower the kids to, um, to, you know, to embrace it. And when we get together, um, I think this is really neat uh, that they do, you know, when we have these little get togethers throughout the year, and I know they do this at camp too, with like kind of their sibling groups, they talk about, they each kind of go around in a circle and they have their camps, we need candle lit, and they each say a high and a low. You know, so like, tell me your high, tell me your low from the last time that we were together or from, you know, kind of what happened today or, and so just even talking in kind of terms like that, I think is kind of special for the kids too. Yeah. Super special. Okay. I think we have time for just one more question. Um, and I know that people listening, I'm sure if they have not found a camp or they don't even know that diabetic camps exist, one, how much does it cost, if you don't mind, just so people can have a general idea if they want to start saving? <laughs> and then um, two, what advice would you give parents who are, you know, all across the country and world seeking camps? Uh, what advice would you give them in terms of like what to look sure. for? Sure. So, so it is expensive. I mean, it's, th- it's three weeks. Um, it's about $5,000, um, I believe. So it is, it is very pricey. I will say, you know, they do definitely payment plans um, so that you can pay, you know, a little bit every month um, kind of throughout the year for it. So you're not hit at, you know, one time. Um, they also, the director fundraises tirelessly for Camp Sweeney because they don't want to turn kids away and especially kids that need it. And so they have events throughout the year um, where they are constantly raising money for camperships um, to be able to sponsor kids. Um, So I would definitely like not write it off if cost um, is a factor. I would reach out to Camp Sweeney, talk to the business office, see how you can kind of apply for either a campership or a partial campership or something like that. So I, I would, I would, def, I would definitely look into that. And it's, you know, something that, you know, kind of for our own family, it's, it's, it's part of our budget, you know, um, and especially after that first year of Charlie going, oh my God, this is like, this is something that, that, that we need to do every year that it's, that it's the, that important to him too. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on today. This was such an informative and helpful episode. And I know that if I was tuning in and had never heard of diabetes camp for my child, I would immediately be researching <laughs> local diabetes camps. And they do, like you said, they do bring kids in from all over the world, all over the U.S., <laughs> they have flight arrangements. You know what I mean? If you come in to, to DFW airport, they, they 
arrange transportation to get you to camp. Some kids come, like I said, and they'll go for two sessions where there's like a little camper stayover, you know, for the weekends that they're switching things out. So even if you're in different part of the world, different part of the country, look into it. They'll, they're really accommodating and they're really nice. <laughs> Yay. Jordan, you're awesome. I love your energy too. And this was so great. If anyone has any other questions, we'll link everything in the show notes. We can also direct you to the right people if you send us a DM or email us. And yeah, we hope to have you on another time, Jordan. And just thank you so much for sharing everything. Yeah. And maybe Charlie can join too. It'd be so fun to have a teenage boy on. Would he do it? Do it. Okay, we have to. Yeah, 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 we do have to. We definitely <laughs> yes. have to involve some of the the teenage boy energy in our. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. Yes, they all like hide away. And, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> he would. He would do it. He would. Um. He. He. He would. He would do anything for Camp Sweeney. That's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. Yay. Very cool. All right. Well, Jordan, we will definitely keep in touch. And everyone else, thank you so much for being here and listening. We typically do a roll call at the end of our episodes. So we say what our blood sugar or child's blood sugar currently is. You do not have to participate if you feel like that's intrusive on Charlie's life. But <laughs> Let's see. It's always interesting to see what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a not reading. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. You are. That counts as something, you know? <laughs> yes, it does. My four-year-old is at um, 191. We're going into to play time. So we'll get that down. I'm sure with her activity. I am 113 going down. Sweet. Nice. The All last, right. The last reading I had from Charlie was about 85, but that was a couple hours ago. Sweet. <laughs> I love it. He's I color. love this. Energy. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.